0: Doc Fermento Discovers the World, Episode 23, Ed Casper, the Happy Herbalist. Ed and I have a kombucha chat. Um, Unfortunately, because of the Skype delay, I soon realized that we wouldn't really be able to do a proper interview, so we just talked. So I didn't really get a chance to ask him too much about um, herbs or homeopathic medicine. Um, I'm not a believer in um, homeopathy, so I would have liked to talk to him about that. So maybe in a future episode, I'll have him back and we can discuss um, herbs, herbal medicines, and all the rest. Hope you enjoy the show. Any better? I don't know if
1: that's any better, but we can go with that. <laughs> uh, I think there's a little delay in it, but what the heck?
0: Huh, interesting. Yeah, it could be my internet connection or something. <laughs> I normally have good luck um, with the quality, it just drops out occasionally.
1: Yeah, okay, no problem. I can hear you. So. All righty, so what can we talk about?
0: Well, I'm gonna just start recording now, just so you know, okay? In case um, we cover sure. something before we even get started, who knows what happens? I well, I, I sought you out, mm. Ed, because um, and I've been reading your site for a long time. Um, I use it as a reference whenever someone has a question about kombucha. I always send them your way. So, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah that that's that's my that's my angle. Um, why don't we tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and, um, how you, how you got, became the happy herbalist.
1: Um, uh, well, from doing acupuncture and herbs uh, in California in Santa Cruz, um, uh, can't remember when I started, uh, let's see. Well, the internet was up to 97. So I started a little bit before that. And, um, so I was doing acupuncture and herbs, and um, ran across kombucha. Started drinking it and using it, helping, um, and then offering it to my uh, clients. And as a preventative health, because you know acupuncture and herbs is you're trying to educate uh, people towards a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and um, kombucha just works so well into that and I started um, when the internet came along I started putting um, herbs and formulas and other things up online for my my clients here to order ahead of time or just be a little bit more familiar with what I was doing and it sort of took off from there so it's Uh, Pretty popular, pretty successful. Uh, I've also worked uh, kombucha into instead of just as a drink, you know, making it as a home home home-based brew, and I would distill it, concentrate it, make a homeopathic remedy from it, and you know, doing research, the German patent, calling it kombucha. Uh, and distilling it into uh, mainly acetic acid, glucuronic acid, a light vinegar or vinaigrette, um, and a concentrated amount like they did in the, the German patent under kombucha. And um, D1 drops, as Gunther um, Frank described in his book, from, um, well, I'm just basing it on the other doctor, that uh, Skinner, dr skinner who had some success with kombucha that way as well and i'm finding out it works all sorts of different ways you a, a lot of different values to it surprisingly how it works and why it works for some people and not for others yeah and when you so say as a herbalist i yeah. really got interest in it
0: and when you say it works for others and you know for some and not for others what is what what do we mean it, that it works. What kind of, what does that mean?
1: Well, I remember I sent, um, uh, one, one woman who was doing kombucha, well, probably longer than I was. We traded cultures and then, you know, sometimes her cultures would die and you you trade with people. So I sent her one and, uh, she loved, she said she loved it. And, Actually, you know, wrote out of different news groups. It was really nice, and sent in other people to be tested. And it said it helped turn our hair from the gray back to black. And uh, it never did it for me. So works <laughs> for some, not for others. Huh, interesting. It also didn't seem to help my sister um, uh, lowering her pH. I would try both. Uh, you know the. Robert Barefoot wrote a book about um, calcium factor, and how coral calcium could you know, save 200 degenerative diseases. And in that book, he mentions uh, taking it along with kombucha tea. And um, so I started uh, working along those lines as well, watching in progress, and uh, tried it on my sister, and her pH wouldn't go down. It, it just might be a sibling thing. She'd want to cooperate with me or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so there there is no magic bullet for everybody every time. But there's certainly, it, it. I would get calls from people all the time that says this, it works uh, better than the coral calcium. Just using the kombucha, people would tell me it worked, you know, but I still think it works better together you know, as as Robert Barefoot recommended. But it's interesting how it doesn't always work for everybody all the time. And uh, even even, over the years, not a lot, but but a few people have called me and said uh, they they feel real fatigued from it. You know, (laughs) like they had uh, too much to drink and they had to sit down and which is really surprising, and they even said it's just the opposite effect that every all their other friends are bouncing off the walls from it, you know, giving them energy and making them feel good and mm-hmm. great, and they're just getting the opposite reaction, and they don't understand why, what, what's wrong. So there are a few times for a few people that um, it uh, wouldn't be recommended for. For
0: I don't know why I'm still trying to figure that out, researching it. Oh, okay, so you're you you're not quite have, you're it not would. quite sure.
1: It, my my theory is it's the aciditates that forms in ferments, just like it forms in beer. Any any ferment going from uh, in the production of alcohol, it goes through a phase called aciditates. and the aciditates, people have different reactions to that. And some is a positive reaction and some are not. So um, it might be that person's different response to the, those different aciditate levels. And the aciditate levels are going to change based upon how you're fermenting and never had a real opportunity to figure out because you got time, temperature, and so many different variables on a ferment. Uh, to try to figure out exactly, you know, the, the cycle. So, it's not easy without a lab to do all that.
0: Right. Yeah. Most and nobody mm-hmm. else
1: really. Nobody else is really testing that um, progress. I mean. the in beer and wine and fermenting, you see acidulates are being formed and stuff, but it's more of an isolation with uh, a singular activity like yeast. Um, you know, like in wine or so, uh, there's going to be bacteria involvement, but not. They're discounting it or because they're trying to eliminate it. You know, out out of most wine and beer, so when they're studying it they're keeping the cultures as pure as they can so in kombucha you there's a real activity between the bacteria and the yeast so it's you don't know how they're which roles are being played and which pathways everything is going makes it a little bit more complicated to figure out
0: yeah especially as a home brewer uh, you don't have testing equipment at home, typically, so we kind of just rely on the history and, mm-hmm. you know, documented success. And, and, th-
1: See, and that's the, one of the other things that uh, people said, yeah, I drank kombucha, I felt good, and then, you know, maybe did this or did that for me. And there's no reason to doubt them. I mean, certainly there's a lot of people who said I can walk again from it, you know, which is a common on an occurrence from kombucha. But they don't really go into I use black tea or I use green tea. I ferment it you know, I'm I'm down in Texas during the summer fermenting it, you know, ninety degrees. On uh, a on a cool day it's ninety degrees with ninety percent mm-hmm. humidity. You know, which would be different than if you're brewing in Colorado, you know, Denver, Colorado in your garage, you know, with twenty five watt bulb is for heat you know Mm -hmm. so it's at 60 degrees (laughs) you know and you're using green tea so you're probably going to have slightly different ferments on there with with other other things there Um, but people don't say that you know people say wow it's just great it worked wonders for me you got to try it you know so uh which is uh you know the fda says you know you you can't go on sources like that because it's too <laughs> too much of a variable. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it works. You know, if it works, it, it's cheap. <laughs> if it doesn't work, it's still cheap.
0: <laughs> right.
1: The only problem is if you get, you know, if, if you feel dizzy or, or drunk on it or get an adverse reaction to it, well, it's not so good. But those are really seldom and, and far between. And if you know about it, you can watch out about it and, um, protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, for knowing that that's going to happen. Okay, so it's not really a major problem, and certainly if it works, it's extremely, you know, extremely beneficial. So that's why I got started because it would help people so much, and um, probably help them along the lines of changing their mentality of well, I'm going to start doing kombucha. So now you're taking five minutes a day out of your life to do something healthy for you. And you start doing that, and you you pass up, you know, the beer, you pass up the soda, you pass up other things, you start doing more and more healthy things. You know, and you start watching your your, your diet, you start exercising, and then before you know it, you get healthy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And... I don't know if it's the kombucha or not. It's just you starting on a healthy, healthier life path, you know. Right. Which is, you know, if kombucha is a catalyst in that case, then that's great. Yeah, that's probably why half the other things
0: work. You know? It sounds similar to something Michael Pollan had said once that people who take supplements seem to be healthier, but they may just be healthier people. People that tend to take supplements usually exercise, focus on their diet, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they the supplement takers are healthier. Well, they may have been without the supplements.
1: Yeah. It, it, that might be the thing that got them there. You know, you're spending a lot of money on supplements, and you want them to work. So it might even be the placebo effect, you know. Sure. Yeah. You know, what well, I learned that if you're wearing a white coat 30% of the people get better just walking in and saying hi I'm here to help you you're going to get better mm-hmm. 30% of the people get better wow so and why not use the placebo <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so if you're you know taking supplements or, or you're doing this or that you have a positive attitude about things and um life, you know, if it's at all possible, life does start getting better that way. So. The kombucha has a lot of other things, like supplements do too. Uh, your kombucha is really important for the digestion. And that's, in Chinese medicine theory, that's where it's working from. It's helping your digestion. And if your digestion's better, all the little things that are wrong with you start going away. Um, your food better assimilated, you start losing the excess weight or gaining the pounds that you need, gaining the energy that you need to do things uh, simply because your digestion is better. And in life, if you have a bad digestion, if the older you get, you get constipated. Uh, life becomes more and more of a struggle. Once that constipation sets in, everything starts going wrong. You know, you start cascading downhill quickly, things just keep piling up and then you go to the doctor and you take one pill for this one pill for that, another pill for this one, you're always chasing things but if you can clean up the digestion and there's other uh, methodologies, alternate you know, medicine that works on a digestion as well but Komucha works on it in a nice pleasant drink and something easy that you can make at home cheap, you can play around with it you can create all these different personal Lexers, you know goji berries or hawthorn berries and different tastes Uh, so it's i don't know there's so many wonderful things you can do with it you know if you like playing around with that stuff
0: yeah for me as an experimenter it's a lot of fun so um less this whole past winter or last year uh, up until recently i I do eight gallons at a time. It's I have four two-gallon glass vessels. I wish I had one large vessel, but that's just but I have what I have. <laughs> so it kind of takes up a lot of room having the four containers. But um yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I used to secondary ferment. It was really fun, but I got a little concerned about the alcohol content um, because of my kids, so I stopped doing it altogether. so do you have thoughts on kombucha for children
1: Uh, generally um, I got I got bounced off one list because of uh, I said it wasn't good for somebody that was giving it to their like six month old baby because the baby liked it baby likes chocolate too yeah that's a little young six months yeah I mean (laughs) wow yeah yeah. And, uh, so in generally it, it, you know, babies up to four years of age, after four, they start developing their own systems and, um, they're, they're not just tiny people. They're totally different and really don't know what's going on with them. So there are times when you, you may want to use it, um, in some of the, old stories in Russia and stuff. They would do it for, like if you have infant diarrhea um, or colds and flus or just some kind of a sickness, they would give kombucha to them. But it's also because there probably wasn't a doctor around <laughs> or anything else to do. Right. And um, so it, it may have helped being um, uh, anti-pathogenic you know a lower pH and stuff, and there are reasons why it could work um, but it's as a you know like a medicinal intervention, not as an everyday drink
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is di- which is different you know so it's like kombucha it has aspodia in it, and aspodia has been studied for infant diarrhea and uh works strangely they've studied it, they don't know why it works for one and not for the other um it does work, and, you know, doctors will actually prescribe it. And a lot of times that yeast is in kombucha. It may or may not be in there, but a lot of times it is. So um that's maybe one reason why it works, you know, or one reason to give it to an infant. But generally, children, like my girls, are 8 and 14. If they, they like it, um, and they get more energy from it and they feel good and euphoric but uh, you know an 8 and 14 year old sh- should be energetic anyway <laughs> if, <laughs> sure you know if i don't know if you got kids if you're giving them kombucha because they need energy like I'm sixty years old, I can use the energy <laughs> you, know? you don't expect me to bounce around and stuff, so I need right. the energy to get me going. And I was like that cup of coffee, or adrenaline rush. you need mm-hmm.
2: that
1: mm-hmm. Um, but children shouldn't, do it. and you if you're giving them that and they're normally energetic, that means something's wrong with them that they need kombucha for energy because they shouldn't need it.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: It, it's mm-hmm. masking others. So it wouldn't be good. And then uh, you know, there's sugar, there's alcohol, there's aciditates, there's caffeine, all the things why you shouldn't give the, the children or limit those amounts even in adults. So why give it to children? I, I really think kombucha is great for that 30, 40, 50, 60 year old people that have a lot of Baggage, they have all this garbage in their system. You know, all the french fries and hamburgers, they got to get out of all the toxic metals and chemicals and, you know, all the stupid Mm -hmm. stuff people have done for all those years. Yeah, kombucha gets rid of all of it. And children shouldn't have, basically, children should not have anything like that in their systems. So there's nothing to get rid of. So Mm -hmm. it's a substitute for coffee, it's a substitute for uh, soda, but, you know, water is a much better drink. (laughs) So, um,
2: (laughs) okay. They
1: don't need the sugar. They don't need the alcohol. They don't need the caffeine once in a while. You know, it's not bad. Okay. You know, and there are times when you may want to, but having giving every day is one thing they said. No. And, and the same thing goes with, uh, pregnant or breastfeeding women on it. Uh, too many hormones and stuff are changing around. Where we really don't know what's going on, and they're, for the same reasons, why would you give it to people in the in that condition? It, it's not um, it's not a vitamin supplement. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have enough vitamins and all that other building stuff, and it. it has everything to take the garbage out of your body. But if you're breastfeeding, you want your body to be built up. If you're pregnant you're building up your body you're not eliminating things from your body so it just goes against all those regular reasons for uh recommending something that hmm. number of uh, probably a great number of people from people that would complain when i would complain don't give it to children hmm. <laughs> you know say i give it to my children they love it and i'm gonna do it and
0: how do you shut up! <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I like your I like so, I like your do. approach because that's the well, it fits what I do. I the the kids drink kombucha, maybe I don't know an ounce a week or something. You know, I get I literally save old spice jars, and we use those. So mm. it's probably two ounces, you know, and just rarely, and then sometimes watered down. So they like it. And I let them yeah, ask I mean, for it I if they ask, that. I give it to them. But um, that's
1: not that often. Yeah, they're going to ask because you're drinking it. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to ask for the beer too. You know, yeah, <laughs> and the wine. You know, you're sure. a bunch of other guys sitting around. Uh, oh yeah, let's give it to Mikey. Yeah, and then you know you watch Mikey roll around, and then you laugh and you think, you know, it's really not a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, things like that happen and people get over it. And the the good thing about kombucha is it's probably not going to kill anybody. It's not going to kill the infants. It's not going to kill this. It's not going to do that. But there are times I just say, I don't know what it's doing and it's my children. And I don't think quite yet, you know. Sure, sure. That makes sense. If they need it, Mm hmm. And. I yeah, you know, I've sold a lot of kids to women that were pregnant. Then they read my booklet. They go, "Uh oh, I didn't know about this." And I'm thinking, maybe I shouldn't take it. So I say, "Okay, I'll give you back your money. Don't worry about it. Don't take it. Take it in a couple of months, you know, or six months, yeah. or something like that." And you know, yeah. when you when you do it, don't worry about it because that's that's what makes kombucha, you know, really nice. That you can do things like that, and also the kombucha community. You know, a number of people that are, are brewing it, making it, selling it, are in it for um, life-changing or mid-age crisis or something like that. You know,
2: mm-hmm. hey,
1: I can do good things with this, you know, so uh, I would spend my life doing good things and they, they don't know what a real job it turns out to be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to work for a living <laughs> Wait a minute! I got to bottle all these bottles. I got to do all this. This is work. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems like but, word you know, with they, they old, love
0: work. Seems like there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. In I don't know every state, but um, just dealing with the state regulations for fermented foods seems like it could be could it would make it not worth the hassle.
1: Yeah. Uh, And also as business expands, it's um, always like anything else. You know, you start doing something as a hobby, you like it, it, it's wonderful, you feel good. Boy, I can um, make, I can, you know, have a living doing this, and it would be a good life. And I wish everybody could do that, because that's what everybody should do. Nobody should be working, you know, because they have to work. you know, it's like working at the pyramids. You know, you have to go there every day. You know, you got to get in the salt mine there every day so that you have something for your family later or you hope to have something for your family later to survive on rather than making your life, your work, and your work your life. You know, so, um, but it's a struggle. <laughs> Sometimes it gets like, Oh, man. So my friends are—they're doing it commercially, and um, it, it, the, the challenges of business become a challenge of themselves. And you're working for the business rather mm-hmm. than doing what you love. So. Yeah, those
0: people need to read so Michael Gerber's *The E Myth*. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Anyone, uh, anyone,
0: anyone struggling with um, balancing working for their business or working on their business should really read Michael Gerber and the E Myth Revisited. He really covers this in a practical level, and then all the way up to like the spiritual level. It's very deep.
1: Gerber, G-E-R. Yeah, Michael
0: Gerber. Um, it's the E Myth Revisited. And uh, I highly mm. recommend that to anyone. Yeah, check. yeah.
1: No, I got quite a few I can recommend. I start selling the book. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few people I know that can use that. <laughs> so.
0: Well, good. I hope it helps somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: What are some of the other? Um, ferments you have um, that you recommend for a gut healing protocol that you have on that you deal with?
1: Well, the, the next one would be like kefir. Um, those two, yeah, kombucha and kefir to me is more like the, the yin and the yang. Um, kombucha being yang energy, uh, the, the male energy, the hot heat, active Uh, moving and getting things dulling type thing. And kefir is also a milk more solid, more yin more building, more tonifying more uh, solidifying Uh, ones like acidobacter acidic acidic acid bacteria there's kombucha and uh, lactic acid bacteria and the kefir end and, and Kiefer has a, a lot of uh, same or similar claims to it, not along quite along the same lines, but um, of healing and helping, um, easy to do, fun to do. They replicate, they reproduce. Um, Harold T. says it turns bad milk into good milk. You know, <laughs> um, it's just another way of healing and, and being positive you know, with what you're doing with your life. And um, it builds it up. They're doing a lot of, there's been a lot of studies on the kefir grains itself, about different healing uh, abilities on it. There was a Chinese study in Beijing, I think two or three years ago, with a combination of kombucha and kefir. And um, having... Like, kefir has certain cancer-fighting attributes, and kombucha has certain cancer-fighting attributes. They both produce that same marker, and it's a long Latin name that you can't remember. But that same marker is produced by both uh, kombucha and kefir. But when you ferment them together, it's exponentially more. You know, it's like 1 plus 1 equals (laughs) 3. <laughs> and uh, it makes it pretty interesting that way. There's a lot of, um, especially since that uh, kombucha drought in June last year or a year before, uh, when they took uh, kombucha off the shelves because of the alcohol content, mm-hmm. they're trying to reduce the uh, that down to that magical uh, point, point
2: .49,
1: mm-hmm. um, which is kind of hard to do. Um uh, a lot of the commercial brewers seem to have switched to lactose bacillius as a key bacteria ferment. And it creates more of a watered down taste. Um, lactic acid smooths out uh, it smooths out wine in terms of maltic fermentation. It, uh and in kombucha it smooths out the acidic acid as well there. Um, it makes it a little bit um, easier to taste.
0: Yeah, it's easier to uh, drink. Along with the good product. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, is that like drinking uh, vinegar?
0: Right. It's, I used to when drink, you make kombucha,
1: yeah. usually...
0: Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I used to drink GTs. That was how I discovered kombucha. GT Dave's was the first one I ever had when I was in California. Mm-hmm. And this was a few years back, and it was Potent, I mean, just all, really almost difficult to drink. I mean, it was, uh, as my friend Maurice says, funky. It was very funky. And um, I recently right. bought some as an experiment just to try it. Um, I don't like spending $4 for 12 ounces of liquid, yeah, about, you know. but I bought it anyways. And um, it just was so weak. And, well, I won't have to spend any more money on it. I know that. And I wondered why. I wondered yeah, yeah, what what happened.
1: Yeah, a lot of them have uh, reformulated their um, stuff to try to, they have to be under that uh, 0. 0.5 alcohol. And it's kind of hard to do it when you bottle it because uh, it's still raw, live, and there's still sugar in it and mm-hmm. yeast, and it's still fermenting. So um, as part of the problem. So they're they're switching a lot more to uh, lactic acid ferments, lactose And they've been that in Europe for a while. Um, Fruit juices being fermented that way have been popular. And it's climbing aboard the uh, kombucha uh, bandwagon. Uh, It still makes it a good healthy drink. It's a healthy bacteria. Mm Mm-hmm. in combination with the acidic uh, bacteria, then it, it's still kombucha and stuff. It, uh, I think as long as you have the acidic acid, glucuronic acid are, is a key component of kombucha. Uh, lactic acid wasn't always found in every kombucha, so it may or may not be there. But it does make the, the drink uh, more mellow. There, it's has good health benefits to it as well. So, you know, there's again, there's so many different ways you can play around with kombucha and fermenting to create your own super brew, you know, that, the way you like it, just perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can add different herbs and spices to it. And that's what I was doing, uh, especially my clinical practice of having different herbs in there to match it towards the, that individual. And, and giving them the, the the recipe and say, go ahead and do your own, you know. And yeah, it's pretty good. And then people come back and say, "Wow, this stuff's really nice, working." And then you feel like, "Oh, wow, it's pretty good."
0: That's a that's a pretty nice <laughs> prescription <laughs> when you can tell someone to just take it home and make it themselves. That's that's a rare prescription mm-hmm. indeed.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Chinese medicine. A lot of the people that I went to school with and stuff were were doing it that way to uh again, probably more of the, the mid age life crisis. You know, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> Instead of just earning money or, or so. And definitely I I did not run into a lot of people that expected to get rich doing acupuncture and herbs. <laughs> they all hope to make a living.
2: Right. <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> and, but they did understand it was a struggle and a worry, but it was one that they were willing, you know, to cross. And if they made money on it, they really felt good and rewarded. But the money thing wasn't why they went into it. it, it there was even uh, I remember in one of my classes there was an, uh, an emergency room um, doctor, physician, that was studying in the school, and. Uh, kind of surprising, because in California, they didn't have to. They could just grandfather themselves in, you know, say I'm an acupuncturist or whatever. Hmm. But he was going through all, all the classes just, you know, to learn.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh,
1: so the license wasn't, the license is not important. The learning and the knowledge hmm. was mm-hmm. more important. So, um, which, which... um Made me feel good because I know oh, hey, all these guys aren't so bad, you know, <laughs> and they're not. Yeah, so, right. Uh, alternative medicine types—you you run into a lot of anti-establishment or anti-ANA types for good reason. But there's also a lot of them that are out there. It, it's, re- it's nice to see that there there are doctors that you know that will listen to you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And have a concern and try other things like like they used to do, you know, and try to help people and stuff. But uh, they got a tough job. They see, you know, so many people a day. They have to fill out so much paperwork. And they're, it's not like their own. I don't think the doctors are like the physicians that used to be or how when they started school with the same thought. I don't even think the money's there like it used to be for Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm impressed with a lot of doctors that go through acupuncture schools and, and stuff, and you know, go for the training and really think about it and try to do things about it. So, and, and there are quite a few of them, so it's good. Um, more for acupuncture and herbs, but because um, herb is a whole different category, mm-hmm. I think. Sure. Uh, I that you have it. to yeah. get out of their mindset acupuncture they can stick and do needles and then work with it but in, in California if you want to do well, I guess anywhere you don't need a license to do herbs I guess so but I went through for acupuncture and herbs and started doing herbs and with herbs you go into um, diet lifestyle is a major contributing factor and with diet you go through kombucha you know, different teas, healing teas, and stuff and, uh, as drinks, vinegars, um, different ways to, to help people, all the same. And so it was nice. I was able to um, conceptualize kombucha in the terms of my studies of traditional Chinese medicine. And I would be able to see kombucha through that light when I would see patients and see what the responses were and why it's working, why it's not working. And it has made it more fascinating for me. Hmm. I didn't get that with kefir. Kefir is more of the, the, like I was saying, the yin, the building and stuff and the studies on kefir is more Western, you know, if why it's working, why it's not working. So I don't have that same affinity for kefir. But I, I feel that it's on the inside and building it and healthy and for all those other right reasons. And I'm just getting started with uh, fermenting kefir in the vinegar and then different uh, adding different herbs to the kefir. but that's um, that's another path and stuff I think I mean it would be along the same path but 60 years old I have to start over trying to figure out how kefir is going on, on that way kefir or ginger beer the other probiotic drinks ginger beer Japanese water crystals kefir water crystals a lot of those are are good and healthy, but I discount those a lot because they're fermented sugar water highly. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the people are still drinking them when they're very sweet. Mm-hmm. There are they're still higher levels of alcohol than kombucha. You know, be maybe one, one and a half percent alcohol, high amounts of sugar. And like uh, Mother Teresa one of the stories goes with, I think, ginger beer plant and, and Mother Teresa. She would give it away to the to poor people there in India or all over the world. And it was good for them because they're malnourished male they, uh, they didn't have a lot of food to eat. Um, their digestion was bad because of that. And she would give them this, which is basically lactose bacillius, and some sugar, which is food. And, um, it was good for him hmm. and, you know, it worked wonders for him. Um, but for like my eight year old or 14 year old, again, they don't need sugar they don't need alcohol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just a, a sugary pump, you know, they should be drinking water. really. Yeah.
0: As that's, or the, fruit juices, that's funny. You know? You're one of the only people that I've talked to that agree with me on this. I found I did not enjoy the experience of making or consuming or giving my kids any, um, well, we just called it water kefir, but Japanese water crystals or whatever you want to term them. I I was really unimpressed with that for all the reasons you mentioned. It just seemed like a soda replacement. It's just, you know, it, it, yeah. the, the negative aspects of it just to hopefully gain you know, some probiotic activity just seemed like a, more negative than any positive benefits. So I gave that one up.
1: Right. Oh, that was good. I think, um, you know, fermented foods are good. You can eat pickles mm-hmm. and, and yeah. whole messes of uh, fermented foods and foods and vegetables and all that stuff is good, but you're not adding sugars to all that, you know, mm-hmm. on the sugar, to all the vegetables. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, um, you know, they say kombucha is good for you. It's healthy. Drink it no matter what, you know, this is fermented. It's healthy. It's probiotic. Drink it no matter what. (laughs) And you know, so like you can do anything with this stuff and it's still supposed to be good for you without realizing. And I think, uh, GT and and the rest of the big commercial guys that were pushing kombucha. Oh, I like the carbonation. Well, let's cap it up and ferment it in the bottle some more. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, I read somewhere kombucha doesn't have alcohol. I read somewhere all the sugar's dissolved. I read somewhere all the caffeine's gone. It's all healthy. It's all good for you. Well, let's let's do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're creating a ferment under kombucha. And people are saying, nah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's healthy. It's healthy. Go for it. You know? And like, hey, you know, you're fermenting fermenting sugar aerobic, anaerobically
2: mm-hmm.
1: creates alcohol. You yeah. know? So, oh,
0: right? Yeah, oh no,
1: no, no alcohol, which, uh, <laughs> but he's lucha brood in a bottle, you know. <laughs> so uh, sometimes it, people just want to believe goodness, and they just go there and ignore, you know, the, the reality of the other side of it. Hey, look what you're doing, and why yeah. are you doing it? Yeah, so for, I, for me, by that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I have to, I feel the need to, to I feel, always feel the need to know, to measure, because, um, so I actually um, got a hydrometer from you, um, probably over a year ago, I'd say, to try to determine what type of alcohol I was producing, and um, yeah. the best I could tell was about a half a percent, just like they said, but it's just so, but I was, I'm not... I didn't feel that confident that I was actually measuring much, <laughs> like very accurately, I should say. But mm-hmm. it wasn't; it didn't; um, it didn't exceed what I would had expected. So that made me a little more comfortable. You know, and I got a pH meter and a few other things just to keep an eye, just because I had been making these beverages for a long time, but never measuring anything. And so it, it was a nice to have the tools to see the pH levels and the sugar reduction. And I think that's a, a yeah. good thing to do. If you're going to go through and make these products to see where you're at, know what 3.0 pH kombucha tastes like versus two and a half or 3.4, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I think all those things are a, a lot. It's like bringing kombucha out of the um, dark ages, so to speak when you can then start talking about it if you're you're doing hydrometer readings and if you're doing pH readings and type of sugars and you're measuring stuff Mm -hmm. um, it gives you a much better clue of what's happening where you are and what's going on the time and the temperature and then you can talk to other people and get get a real dialogue going you're
0: right it's a lot easier when you can compare notes
1: Otherwise, it was like, "Hey, kombucha is great, oh yeah, this is it great? drink something, and how do you make it here? You know, boil water, add sugar, add tea, drink it when you're ready. You know that's the recipe, and every- everybody's doing that same recipe, no matter where they're at. you know how are you from it? I don't know, <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I can tell you pretty it, much everything about before. mine, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: and the more you talk about that, the, uh, another person that has that same uh, markers, you know, then we can all start really learn learning what kombucha is, what it can do, and what it shouldn't be doing, you know, like when it goes bad and and stuff like that. Other things that can go wrong uh, instead of just saying no, I don't know, you know, nothing ever goes wrong with it. Or <laughs> on the other side, government saying everything goes wrong with it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So you don't know who to believe. Yeah, I, I've never had some, a. I've never had anything market.
0: go horribly wrong. I've never noticed anything bad, like any molds or nothing like that. But I have thrown out some major, big cultures, some big mothers. Um, I tried pulling some layers off, but they didn't want to separate, and I felt that there was just so much old yeast and everything in there i just composted yeah. them i didn't see any reason at all to keep it um it was i was probably eight inches thick and because i do a continuous yeah. brew so
1: yeah they uh it's almost like they take over the whole thing you start climbing out you they'll climb right up yeah the air the
0: they'll actually leave the liquid because of the gas but they get a tight enough seal on the glass yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's like they're climbing out, and you look at it and you're like, "Well, wait a minute." <laughs> people end up naming, you know, naming their community. A lot of them, because I can't throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah,
0: laughs> I believe in the recycling way. process. I, I compost mine uh, in my worm bin.
1: So, well, there are people. There are people that will take theirs and they'll go out and they'll bury it peacefully, spiritually in the compost <laughs> pile <laughs> yeah. to continue its life there. Sure. Absolutely. I used to give pieces to my dog, and he loved it. Uh, he would just gobble it right up, you know, the, the mushrooms.
0: Oh, yeah, the whole so, mat. Yeah, and, wow. and, and
1: there's a lot to do with those. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know if kombucha can go bad or other ferments can go bad, but there, there are, well, I should take that back. There are, kombucha's ferments can go bad, There's it's, um, Bacterial phages that destroy the uh, bacteria, and they're not harmful. There's vinegar flies; they're not harmful to the individual. Uh, vinegar fly larvae, again, not harmful. There's vinegar eels, again, not harmful. I mean, you can drink all that stuff in there. Uh, they can ruin your ferment, mm-hmm. but they're right. not really toxic. They're not going to be harmful
0: to you. Yeah, you last. Last summer, one of the rubber bands broke on my towel lid and it got infested with um, fruit flies really bad. So I just tossed it out and washed the jar and it was a good excuse to start, you know, get one of my jars nice and clean and start over. Yeah, no big deal.
1: It, and generally, that's the best best advice. That There are people that said that, you know, you don't have to do any of that stuff. I and mean, it is the same, I think... People use the same sanitary sense that they do with their their own food. You know, some people, some food falls on the floor, and some people have three second rule, it's okay.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Sometimes something falls on the floor, but you have a lot of, you know, a big dinner guest, and the roast falls on the floor. <laughs> I don't think the three second rule applies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It all depends, right? Pick up the turkey. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just start carving at turkey. It's like, oh, for second rule. ain't going to work.
0: Yeah, when it comes to food, I'm more like Jiminy Cricket. I play it
1: safe. <laughs> it, it, there, there's some people that they don't care. There's something that they, they see a vinegar fly in there, they toss out one, and they toss out the whole batch. Other people, eh, don't matter. And... um. You know, tons, thousands of different people operating this stuff, and you you can see some videos online. It's oh my god, what are you doing? You know the way it looks, the way they're handling it. The handling it that drives me crazy
0: with the handling of the um oh the scoby, and I'm like, people, just you can't doesn't don't do that. Like you don't stick your arm into a vat of sauerkraut yeah. you know you don't you just don't do that it, it it's it's its own environment and culture it's like sticking your arm into an anthill yeah. you just leave it alone let it be
1: <laughs> yeah. it, 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 Like kombucha survived all that without really without people getting sick and um, that is pretty amazing to think about yeah Because I I think the statistics are 50,000 people a year go go into the hospital emergency room for food-related illnesses. That's every year in the United States. And a Google search, I think I found about five or six cases of suspected kombucha food-related poisoning
2: Mm -hmm. where
1: the people went to their doctor. The doctor says, you know, they say, I don't feel good. What'd you eat? I ate this, this, I had kombucha, you know, okay, with this cause of this cause of, you know, nobody else sick. Going through the regular routine that you would do, and they said, um, it, at least one, maybe twice, they said kombuchas, you could re, maybe believe kombucha is related to the food poisoning. And, but even from that, it wasn't, um, I mean, it got them to the doctors, didn't get them to the emergency room. So, Uh, not bad. You know, even if it was 10, even if it was a thousand people over 10 years, that's nothing compared to what
2: Mm
1: -hmm. eating in a restaurant, you know, um, your chances of eating in a restaurant is much more grave or people actually have died, you know, eating even organic foods, packaged organic foods, you know, like the lettuce and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, where people, but Komuchi has an excellent health record with all these, you idiots fermenting it you know which which makes me feel pretty good it's almost indestructible
0: yeah if we can't screw it up that has got to be tough yeah
1: (laughs) it's got to be tough but there are times that i say hey it, it for some reason if you don't think it's good smells good tastes good looks good throw it out start over cheap it's That's a no-brainer really yeah about, it's a
0: no-brainer no and you can keep little backups of your scobies and yeah it's, yeah just play it yeah. safe now but, with the kefir the, the, the kefir though mm-hmm, sorry talking over you there
1: go ahead
0: yeah with the kefir, the kefir ferment it really can um you you gotta stay on top of that one whereas the kombucha let it go seven days ten days fourteen days but that kefir, you got to be, you know, every day, every 24 hours, depending on, of obviously, your environment. But I had to give that one a break for a little while, but um, we're going to start up again um, now that we are back on our raw milk. Because um, we did really enjoy it, but yeah. it got to be a little bit too much work for me.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like the um, kefir as much. Um, and... There's less less window of opportunity for me. Like uh, I like it where it's still sweet tasting. Once it gets a little bit sour, mm-hmm. to it, I lost it. And make cheese or something out of it, and um, so we go through a lot of uh, kefir that we don't use yes. because we got a supply where you know we're producing it.
0: If there was a way to continuous um, brew it, I would be more encouraged to make it, whereas every time you have to change it over.
1: Well, you can. You you can do it the same way that way. And, you know, I'm maintaining it pretty much the same. Yeah. just add and take out, just, like, ladle it out and stuff. uh, Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: Right, okay.
1: And if you don't... you lose it, you're going to lose a bigger volume of it. You know, like, if if it's ready every 12 hours, mm-hmm. you really can't let it go 17 or 18 hours. So, like kombucha, it's ready on day 6 or 8 or 9. You know, you have more uh, leniency on it. Uh, even on continuous brewing, you don't know, if you miss a day or two, it's not really... You didn't lose a whole batch of it. Mm-hmm. But... but or if you miss a day on it, you've, you've lost that whole bag. You know, you, yeah. you didn't lose the grains, but you've lost the, the, the milk to drink.
0: You yeah, know. And, and, and if you're using raw
1: milk. You're buying raw milk. That's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, and if you mess up the grains a little bit, it can take them a little while to recover if they get uh, cold yeah. or if you've had them refrigerated or if you let them go too long. It can make produce a strange taste the next time. They come back into balance pretty pretty well, but yeah, when you're pouring out whatever the raw milk costs, I don't even know per gallon, but yeah, you don't want to you don't want to waste that at all.
1: Yeah, so it's it's not not as forgiving, I think. Uh, but when I, I call it kefir, when, when kefir is, mm-hmm. is good, when it's nice and sweet and stuff like, and I can drink a lot of it. And and so could my kids. And and the problem with that is you you plan, okay, it was really good tomorrow I'll make even more because they drink all this. And the next day they say, Here's your key for it. I don't want it I don't want it
0: today. <laughs> I <don't laughs> yeah, it. I know <laughs> exactly. No, drink
1: it. Yeah. What am I gonna you can't save it, you know? It, yeah. it's not the best you know, the the store bought stuff you can save. The fresh stuff is I can't I can maybe save it for a day in a refrigerator, yeah. but it, That's, to me it starts losing it. It's
0: but. kind of funny it's a it's it's a catch twenty two bit a bit um, you know, I prefer yogurt, but I don't like to go through the work of making yogurt, but when I'm done, it can just sit in the fridge almost indefinitely, you know, whereas the kefir it's just right. oh, it just continues to sour even when it's cold,
1: yeah. That that's the problem. You got to keep on it, and it's a yeah. uh, constant thing. And if it's yourself, you know, you'll force to drink it because you have it. But trying to get kids to drink something
0: when they don't
1: want it, then they say they'll say, "Hey, where's my key from?"
0: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah. The yogurt like I can, can't win it. Right, my kids will eat yogurt plain but not the kefir they they always would require um i'd throw a banana in um in it or something in the blender some fruit berries Uh yeah but um it's a it's a unique taste that's for sure it's 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 a bit tough uh yogurts I, i much much prefer yogurt myself but I don't think oh, it's yeah. nearly as beneficial to your health as kefir is. I think it's got some pretty magical properties going on there. And like you were mentioning before, the combination yeah. of kefir and kombucha, I think that, that I, ha- I had to actually read a study last year sometime, I think the one you mentioned, that they may present some very special benefits, having the bo- the both of them. Yeah, and so you
1: can just throw a couple grains in with your kombucha let them start going, Um, that may complicate things out, you know, somewhere down the line because you don't know. You still want to maintain a balance,
2: Mm -hmm. and you don't
1: know where they're going to be, and now you have maybe three main ones that you're trying to do. If you're trying to do just one yeast, um, you know, one yeast Sinobacter and then lactose facilities Now you got three guys on there And you don't want one to be Too high and right. the other ones are Not, not doing anything So One takes over You know it's like maintaining a family They're always squabbling You know it's, <laughs> Just be quiet It's
0: just it's hard to know which one's in charge do. Yeah without the equipment you wouldn't know <laughs> You can't tell who's doing What down there in there all we have are flavors, yeah, or, yeah things like that.
1: Yeah, so I, when that I continues brewing, uh, if you keep your, um, if you keep watching it, and also you keep your taste going, where you you have to start thinking. Oh, it's starting to go off. Then you can start making some corrections. But a lot of times, if you wait too late, then generally it, it's too late, and starting over with a new batch is the only way to go.
0: Yeah, that's I'm really glad I discovered the continuous brewing method. I think it was actually on your site uh, is how I came across that because it is way preferable um, for like all the reasons you said, that you can pull a little bit off every day and replenish it. You always know where you're at, what it tastes like, Um, just much more hands-on. And I think it's a safer method, Um, not safe as in for sickness or anything, but... Safe as in not ruining the bat, you know, not ruining it. Um, right. Yeah it's it's a great it's a great technique.
1: Yeah, I, I like it too. It it, uh, it surprises me though. Some people started off that way, then they don't like it because it doesn't work into their lifestyle. You know, a number of people say oh, I try it daily, but uh, every day I have to do something. I don't like that. Uh
0: uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people don't like but, the ugly scobies it produces too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're definitely not as pretty as the uh, single one time. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. You the know, single batch has a lot of uh, a lot of nice things about it, and um, but I, I still favor the uh, continuous brewing is the best way to go. You can do it. I would say you can, uh, try that with your café as well, but you gotta be prepared to start drinking more of it.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'll start it, that. It'll produce soon.
1: more than what mm-hmm. it, it produces more than it would on a single batch. So, if it's a single batch. You can still slow it down in the refrigerator between right. between batches. Um, if you're not drinking a lot, um, I don't know, uh, I'm just adverse to wasting all this milk and stuff. <laughs> Especially if you're using raw milk. You know. Yeah. Hey, this is, no. <laughs> so.
0: Well, I guess the best place, if um, someone wants some, some information, I I think your website is the, the best place to reach you, right? HappyHerbalist.com? <laughs>
1: at happy dot com or um email eddie at eddy at happyherbalist.com dot com e d d y at happyherbalist.com dot com and um yeah we're always trying to update it with new articles new new research there's actually there's a lot of research now on kombucha a lot more there was ten or twenty years ago when mm-hmm. i started um, and it it's pretty good research there um Doing, you know, uh, on different teas, you know, like, using sour cherry. They're testing the glucuronic acids in different le- levels, uh, different times and temperatures. It, all sorts of really good stuff. And um, I, you know, definitely encourage people to read all the research on there. But get a hydrometer, a pH meter, and keep records. And keep notes and, you know, keep talking to their friends and stuff about what's happening, what's not happening, why is it happening, you know, keep asking all those same, same questions. And I think the, the knowledge of kombucha will really start growing because kombucha is so far behind beer and wine and vinegar, uh, or any of the other ferments for that matter because mm-hmm. it's you know it's still considered such a folk thing and, you know you boil water you add sugar add tea and drink it when you're ready what's the problem and there are people that like that simplicity mm. you know that's as simple as you can get <laughs> and they don't yeah, want to get yeah. confused maybe the facts but but as a like an industry or a, a knowledge base it there's not a lot of information out there about kombucha. You know, it's like beer and wine, you 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 can get a regular degree, you know, college degrees. Right. They have colleges where you go and study the all the ferments that you want to study just and write you get a PhD on the activity of S You know. But in using S bodii and kombucha, uh, there's really nothing, you know. Hmm. Nobody knows how it works in kombucha with that bacteria and why there's a difference between kombucha and vinegars and or even some wild American lager beers and stuff that use yeast and bacteria simultaneously. And, you know, they'll study that, but when it comes to kombucha, all the brewers go like, wow, what is it? Why does it do that, you know? Yeah. So. So, take
0: notes, good, yeah. If anyone wants to reach out and talk to about talk about that, I'm always open and available i have I've been doing this for a little while a few yeah. years or so, and yeah i have, have a a lot of notes, and I, that's just my style. I like to know what I did so that I could reproduce it if something good happens <laughs> <Okay>. yeah
1: <laughs> i will always tra- chase that one that that one batch that was just super right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I've tried just about every sugar, every tea, whatever, and then I usually end up going, defaulting to the cheapest thing available at the time. That's usually where I end <laughs> up, but... Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, this has been really fun, At I, You know, um, just a light-hearted conversation, a just open conversation about ferments and kombucha and all that great stuff. Um, right. You know, it's self-science and discovery for people and i really like anyone interested in you know the herbal side um to definitely get a hold of you um because you're a wealth of knowledge and you could really help someone there so hopefully this will pique their interest to check out your site and um, contact you if needed
1: yeah. i appreciate that I love yeah. talking to you. well
0: thanks well, so much for your time ed all right
1: I appreciate it. It was really good talking to you, and I hope to do it again. All right. Follow up even more. All right. Thank you,
0: and good night. All right. Okay. Good night. Thanks.